We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? Nick, how are we still talking about trades? I know. We've been talking about trades a lot. This is, I think, our fourth episode. We had the Superstar Trade episode. We had the Role Player, Role Player 2. And now this is kind of like a Role Player 3 with maybe a couple stars included. Before we get started, though, as always, you can find us on all streaming platforms, including otgbasketball.com and Blue Wire Pods. But hit me with the first trade, Jack. Ah, uh, Nick. Al Horford to the Brooklyn Nets. Now, Skip. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, all right, next player. Um, <laughs> now... Talking you, I'll talk you, I guess, and Nets fans into it. Um, obviously, I'm talking myself into it, I guess, a little bit as well. Defense. The Nets need defense. Ima Yudoka also has a little bit of a history with him and would be able to go, all right, you know what I do, Al. Impart this wisdom and impart this defensive leadership to this team. Now, obviously, it's, 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 it's one of the worst contracts in the NBA right now, but it's also not totally guaranteed on that final season. And, you know, I'd rather have Al Horford in a trade than Tobias Harris, who was rumored to be on the Brooklyn Nets right now. Ah, oh, man, what a universe it would have been if we were talking about Tobias Harris right now rather than Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But uh, I think the best version of Al Horford, you know, in top 50 uh, articles I've done with Corey Waldron for OTGBasketball.com, 
you know, Al Horford's been like a top 20 guy quite consistently, top 30. We had him probably ranked a little bit too highly in our most recent iteration because of with the fact of like, nah, we think Al Horford's going to get back to it. He's not in a great situation in Philadelphia at all. His skill set isn't utilized to the best of its abilities. And I also think offensively he could unlock. He just he doesn't need the ball in his hands. He makes players better around him, again, when he's at his best. But I ultimately uh, probably just skip. But I tried to sort of just talk myself into it a little I bit. Think, Have I talked you into it all? No, I, I think with me, it's the contract number, like you said, Jack. Yeah. $27.5 million next year. Yeah. Then the next year is 27 mil. And like you mentioned, you know, 2022-23, not fully guaranteed, but still. And Al Horford, we both agree his best position right now is center. He's He can't play power forward. Like, that's what Philly wanted to do. It didn't really work out. You don't get the best of his skill set. And paying him and DeAndre a combined $37 million the next two years is pretty bad. So I And I couldn't envision a trade where the Nets get to that number without trading a player that they actually like. You know what yep. I mean? They'd have to trade Spencer or Karras in that deal, obviously with a Torian Prince as a filler. Then Philly's going to have to send you, you know, maybe Matisse, Seibel, and picks back. But at this point, the Nets don't want picks. You know what I mean? Like picks aren't really helping you unless it's to, you know, make a three-way trade for Bradley Beal or something like that. Uh, in all honesty, the Toy Prince, I think, would actually fit quite well in Philly under a guy like Daryl Morey as well, where he's just like, all right, we want you to be just Sit Jack Reed. Yeah. yeah. Be like PJ Tucker or Robert Covington or whatever it is and uh, limit his role. But that's a discussion for, for another day. I, yeah, I think it makes the, the most sense. And I just wish, you know, doing all these trade podcasts, I just wish there was a, a universe where it's like, can we include DeAndre Jordan in a package? Like, I know. Because we, we, and it's just like, uh, unfortunately, that is the price you pay to get the two superstars in Kyrie and KD. Uh, it's the DeAndre tax, uh, as, as it's been alluded to before. But uh, it would be nice, again, for talking about this guy, Rudy Gobert. Now, I think we've brought him up on previous podcasts, not just the, the trade series that we've been doing. But obviously, one thing that probably there is no doubting, Rudy Gobert is one of the best defenders of the past five, ten years. He is, when you have Rudy Gobert on your team, you are an automatic top eight defense yep. when he's engaged. And the Nets, they defense. And you know you could do worse than having one of the two or three best defenders in the league, even if Ben Simmons doesn't think so. Um, but I'm, I, I like the fit, but I, what I don't like, again, is like similar to Drew Holiday with that we've discussed, is that you would have to pay him uh, again. Uh, and you can't have a, a Mac, like three semi-max guys on a... Unless, like, you know, Joe Sy has that Steve Barmer money and he sells Alibaba for, like, more than Microsoft is worth or something. Yeah. But I, I think if you take the contract out of it, Rudy Gobert just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes a ton of sense if you take the contract out of it. But like you said, he's a guy who I think is going to be up for the Supermax because of the Defensive Player of the Year stuff and being multiple-time All-Star. So you're paying him a lot, a lot of money. And, like, the impact that he'll have is huge, especially during the regular season. But you could also see a scenario where, like, at certain, you know, teams force you to downsize and then you take Gobert off the floor. And then I think there is still some concern about maybe the personality issue. I've seen this brought up by Jazz fans, him complaining about not getting enough respect in terms of being the star guy. And then, like, he's obviously going to be the third guy behind Katie and Kyrie, especially in terms of hype. So who knows how that kind of works with, like, his moodiness or just, like, not being happy with the team because there were plays where I remember people saying that, like, 
he would complain every time they watched film and he was open and they didn't pass the ball. And it's like, yo, you're just not going to get the ball every single time you're open. That's just not how it works. And playing with KD and Kyrie, you're not going to get the ball every time you're open because they're going to take some bad shots because that's part of their game. So I think like Gobert from a pure basketball fit, love it. But then when you think about all the other stuff, eh. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, putting it to the, the first two names we discussed, in a vacuum, taking their contracts out of it, Al Horford or Rudy Gobert, who would you rather have? I think I'd rather have um, hmm, taking their contract out of it. That's interesting. How do I handle DeAndre in this situation? Is he willing to play as many minutes as I tell him to? Uh, this is your world, Nick. You can interpret it however you like. You can put him in the trade package if you want. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd probably put him in the trade package then. Sorry, DeAndre. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like as much as Al Horford is more versatile, there's still a question about the drop-off. Like, he, obviously the fit wasn't great in Philly, but he dropped off himself. Rudy Gobert is entering the prime of his career, best defensive center in the NBA. And like you said, you're almost an automatic top 10 defense if you have him. I think Gobert's the guy just because he's that much better in terms of talent. Maybe you argue the fit's better with Horford, but Gobert is just that much better. You have to take him. Yeah, I, I think you made a good point about the age and, and, and prime and, and relative points of their career. I think also if hypothetically, Rudy Gobert against MB, Rudy Gobert against yeah. Anthony Davis. Makes you a lot more confident having a guy like that. You know, obvi- and against Jokic. Now, obviously, those guys are transcendent players and are going to dominate against whoever it is, including Rudy Gobert. But I think now, you know, I, my thoughts on sort of small ball, uh, I, I think having just versatility and talent just matters. And you make it yep. work with whatever. And Rudy Gobert is the more talented player. You know, I, like I mentioned, Al Horford at his best. You give me... Al Horford, Boston Celtics two or three years ago, then I'm probably taking Al Horford because you know that small ball, uh, the ability to impact the offense, uh, doesn't need the ball in his hands, doesn't necessarily want the ball in his hands. But or he can imp- play, and guys can play off him. Like, he can do the elbow action. Like, in yep. Boston, that was a common thing for him to get the ball in those situations. And like you're saying, Jack, Al Horford gives you your, you know, obviously Al Horford two years ago gives you your Giannis stopper and your Embiid stopper. Yeah, and also has a little bit of a relationship with Kyrie Irving. You know, yeah. the, the, they have a little bit of history there. Not necessarily sure how strong their relationship is because I think personality dynamics, just objectively looking at it as much as we can, it's like Al Horford's quite a quiet, reserved, behind-the-scenes sort of guy, doesn't it? whereas Kyrie makes it all sort of known. Yeah. Um, I've used verbal diarrhea before. Don't mean it in, in a bad way. Sometimes we, I just want to hear people say what they, what they mean, and Kyrie does that. And sometimes people can say too much, and it's better not to say uh, say as much as you do. Let's get to the recently married man, CJ McCollum, Nick. Now, what do you think as a sort of third star? We've spoken about Bradley Beal, obviously. We've spoken about other sort of stars. Is CJ McCollum just like a a bargain basement Bradley Beal? I feel like this is a trade deadline trade where like, oh, the season's not going that well. We need to make an upgrade. CJ McCollum, all right, you know, he's probably more consistent than Karis Avert at this point. We'll make the move for him. Maybe Karis isn't fitting well with Kyrie and KD. And you could probably see CJ adapting a little bit more, just given that he's a better catch and shoot player. But I don't think this is a move that's like, I don't, you don't make this move in the offseason. You make this move at the deadline. Yeah. I, I, what I like about CJ McCollum is just his utmost consistency. And I think he gets underrated in a lot of respect for how he's good a, he'd he, be a lot better as a third star, to be honest, than a second option. Yeah. I, and, and I think obviously. Him and Dame have made it work for such a long time, being one of the most consistent and productive backcourts in the NBA. I'm just intrigued to see what he would be like outside of that environment, whether <laughs> yeah. he, he thrives and, and grows. Like next to, to Kyrie and Katie, you know, CJ McCollum is a more natural shooting guard than point guard. 
Kyrie sort of like hybrid, but can play is you know, a point guard in general. I, I just think that it would be a, a nice little fit. I would still rather probably have Drew Holiday. I would still probably rather have uh, Bradley Beal. Uh, Bradley was probably the top of that list, um, just yep. p- purely based on talent, also on contract. He did also say Bradley Beal. You know, I'm going to speaking about this on Wizards Woes with um, Nick Busink uh, this week. He did also say on JJ Reddick's podcast about why he signed the one plus one extension. Yeah. About you still want to be able to protect yourself and kind of be selfish. How can I create some type of flexibility for myself if we aren't winning? If I do choose to get out. Now, if you're a Nats fan, that's going to sound pretty good. Um, again, not trying to bring back the Bradley Beal topic a million times, but. You know, that's, that's, that's new news. And I think that, you know, it's not music to the Nets ears, but, you know, it's, it's some nice instrumentals playing in the background. Yeah, it's like the intro instrumentals before yeah. the song actually starts. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And just taking a quick peek, I remember there was something weird about CJ McCollum, and it's his contract. He's under contract until 23 oh, 24. Yeah. He's making 29 uh, this upcoming season, 21 22, 30, and then 22 23 is making 33, and then 23 24 he's making 35. And I'm, not, I'm not mistaken, CJ McCollum is not super young either. I would guess he's probably at 30, like in terms yeah. of his age. I'll look it up yeah. real quick. I think he's my age. Um, or okay, 20. he's 29. He's going to turn – he just turned 29. So he's a little younger than I thought. Okay. Um, yeah, I still think he's got some good years. In. I think his game will age quite well. Uh, I think, you know, yeah. he he hasn't had an injury history either. So in, in that sort of respect, if, if you know, CJ McCollum trades are, are a dime a dozen. And, you know, to bring him up on the book and buzz isn't necessarily unique content, but why not? Now, something that is unique is – Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility of your hiring. You only pay for what you need and can pause your account at any time. And there's no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you with the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today, take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. One that a listener brought up to us, um, Silo Kaibi Azua. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correct. But he's given us some good content recently in relation to Drew Holiday. And also brought up this trade, Nick. And it is a three-way trade. The Nets get Kyle Anderson and a 2021st, uh, which would be uh, pick 10. Grizzlies get Kelly Oubre Jr. And the Suns get Spence Dinwiddie. Now, 
what are your thoughts on this? And he he says a hometown kid who could play uh, backup four, small ball five, high IQ player on a good contract, 27 years old, 6'9", solid for mid-range, can handle the ball, make plays, and defensive versatility. In a vacuum, that's a pretty good argument. I'm not sure I would say it's a good contract. I would say it's probably a little bit of overpay. I don't think he's a $10 million a year type of player. Like He's just mad and consistent, doesn't have a three-point shot. His defense is solid at times, but he is called slow-mo for a reason because he's not a great athlete. I just wouldn't want to give up. Spen- I, you're getting the third worst player in the trade. You know what I mean? In your contending team, like Spencer's the best player. Kelly's the second. You do get the 10 pick, but what the hell is a 10 pick doing for you if it's not in a Bradley Beal trade or in some other deal? Like you have to have I mean, something else lined up. Yeah, I mean, if it's a deal going forward, I I, I don't mind in, in a, like just individually speaking, Kyle Anderson as a player. You know, in terms of, like we said, what we need, defense. Looking at him as a defender, slow-mo. Now, obviously, doesn't have the athleticism that probably the Nets would probably covet, but he does have the IQ, does have the strength and a lot of other sort of that would benefit the Nets. And I think that, you know, within the, the Nets system, I think under Mike D'Antoni, Steve Nash um, and the player development stuff, he'd, he'd probably start shooting three ball a little bit better too. I would probably prefer to have Kelly Oubre, to be honest. Um, yeah. Just looking in, I, I, I would thirst after him probably second most on this roster after Joe Harris. Just looking into those damn gorgeous eyes. He's just the pretty <laughs> dude, the, the tsunami puppy. I'm a big fan. Brought him up as well in the outlet. He's so willing to fight in the playoffs, including Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> Absolutely. We need some fighters down in Brooklyn. Um, you know, we're, not, we're not all lovers. We need some fighters just to balance it out a little bit. But yeah, I think objectively speaking and just looking at it, wings that play defense. Kyle Anderson is an idea. It's not the a prime A option. It's, you know, maybe sort of like, you know, you, you're grabbing the dollar slice down from the bodega or something. Yeah, that, you get uh, pizza like, from a spot that's not actually a pizzeria. So you know that it's not <laughs> going to be like that A1 stuff. It's just going to be like, all right, I got a piece of pizza. It's not really pizza, but it'll work for now. I hit the spot though, my guy. It's a spot. It's still pizza. Yeah, yeah. Still pizza, still still pizza. Uh, but we did have... Um, an idea that was brought to you by who was it from? I want to shout them out correctly. Yeah, Sam Cooper also has Blue Wire Pods. He does the Timeline Pod. Suns Suns guy also writes for Bright Side on the Sun. I saw he tweeted something out of posting a Nets trade. He hit me in the DMs. We kind of discussed it a little bit, and that trade was uh, Ubre going to the Nets, Ty Jerome in the number ten pick for Spencer Dinwiddie, Garrett Temple in the number nineteen pick. You hit me with your thoughts first on this one. Yeah, this is intriguing to me. Now I'm not going to say I know a lot about Ty Jerome. Now, you probably uh, are a, a much more he's a young player. About... He doesn't. I don't yeah. think he's had many NBA reps to really like establish himself as being a guy. Probably filler uh, to just make yep. the... in that sort of regard. Kelly Oubre again made my thoughts known just then. But in terms of his game, uh, quite athletic, um, good defensively, good three point shooter, prototypical three and D guy with athleticism that I think the Nets would clamor to have. You know, as a as a sort of prototype archetype of a player that the Nets need on their roster, probably plays three or four. You know, uh, next to KD in, in the in the front court somewhere. Don't know if either of them can play small ball five, but that doesn't matter. It's still defense. It's still a guy who can shoot threes. The number ten pick can you use that again? Can you get it? You know, I, I put out a guy. Uh, you know, I've been looking a little more at draft stuff, Nick, and we'll probably dive a bit deeper into draft stuff on the buzz going forward. But you know, do you get you know Josh Green's projected to go later? Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm the, the only reason I'm high on Josh Green's because he's from Sydney, Australia, and <laughs> shoots the three ball and is defensive. But we'll discuss him. We can uh, get him on the pod, more. maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe get him on the pod. Um, see if Mike Schmitz can hook us up a little bit with um, chatting to him. 
But losing the best player in this deal and maybe the second best player in this deal, um, does the 10th pick make up for it in terms of what is a weakish draft anyway? You know, I'd, from 10 to 19, what is the range? Uh, I think that... Especially because there's no combine or any interviews. Like, the player that is at 10 could be there at 19 because everyone's draft board is going to be completely different. Yeah. Uh, There's a consensus. And, I mean, there's some good draft content going around at OGTBasketball.com, and that's going to continue to grow mock drafts, prospects, all this different different stuff. So check that out. I I agree. You know, and those guys, we'll have to get those guys on the pod as well to, to to provide us with a bit more information but I, I think that is Ubre good enough and the 10th pick good enough to make up for losing Spencer Dinwiddie? That's, I guess, the, the thing at the end of the day. And Spencer Dinwiddie's been, you know, responding to people's tweets and about trades and with different emojis and all this sort of stuff. So maybe he knows something we don't know. He's posting on the Instagram. He's representing himself. We've spoken about all these things. Losing Temple, I think, is low-key, um, not a big loss, but low-key, uh, somewhat of a loss. I've mentioned him, um, just what he provides as a presence in terms of his leadership, his experience, his ability on and off the court to just provide a semblance of stability, uh, communication on both sides of the floor. I'm a fan of Gary Temple. And, you know, Ty Jerome wouldn't even crack the Nets rotation, to be yeah, honest. he might end up getting cut. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, Ty Jerome or Chris Chioza right now. You know, to me, probably Chris Chioza because at least we know what Chris Chioza is. At least I know what Chris Chioza is. Now, I'm not saying that's um, maybe Ty Drum is probably a much greater prospect, but I've just seen Chris Jones play basketball um, on a more consistent basis. What are your thoughts, I guess, then, Nick? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't hate the trade. I don't love the trade. It's not a trade that I'm like, oh, my God, the Nets need to pull this trigger. It's on the table. It's a deal you consider if you think maybe you're going to lose Dinwiddie or there's not any other good options for you. Oubre obviously can provide you that defense, give you that athleticism, somebody who's willing to kind of attack some of those guys. I don't think he's elite defensively, though. So I'm not sure, like, if he really is solving a ton of your problems. And then also, you know, talking to Sam a little bit, he mentioned that Oubre can kind of get in the wrong mindset in terms of, like, trying to do too much. And I've seen that firsthand watching the Suns, and I think that's one of the reasons that they're looking to trade him is because he just tries to do a little bit too much. Maybe Katie and Kyrie could kind of get him to understand his role a little bit better. But I'm just not a, a huge Ubre guy in terms of just like the consistent play I think you want from a role player in a championship situation. I, like I said, it's a deal. If they ended up making it, I wouldn't hate it, but I wouldn't love it. And like you said too, like you're you're moving up nine or nine spots in for a draft when the draft doesn't really matter to you. Like if you draft a rookie, there's a chance they'll play zero minutes in the postseason. You know what I mean? So I feel like this is a trade that you don't make in the offseason. This is something you hold on to Dinwiddie and you hold on to your pick and try to upgrade the team in a way that's going to have a direct impact on this year's you know, chance at a championship. Can you at least acknowledge how goddamn pretty he is? Yeah, he's got some swag. I'll give him that. Yeah, and I like the fact that he's willing to just like fight anybody on the court. Yeah, <laughs> love him. I mean, Torian, at least we have two fights, Torian Prince and uh, I'll tell you, right, you know, staying on the roster. Uh, Nick, to finish off, We've got some Jared Allen trades and then some trades from our guy, D-Rock. Now, these will probably be qu- pretty quickly to get through for in terms of the Jared Allen trades. First one I have for you, and these are five fan-sided. So thank you guys for putting out the content allowing us to discuss it. Jared Allen for Rashawn Holmes and a second-round pick. This is probably one of the worst Jared Allen trades I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> wow! That's a take. Like, what? A second-round pick? Like, what? If Rashad Holmes is, like, a solid backup center, I don't. Even, I think he maybe has, like, another year left on his contract. Like, what are – like, I get the fit in how Holmes could be a backup center. 
why would you take it for a second round pick? Like Jared Allen has potential. Like, I don't know like where the, the value is coming in this trade. If they said first round pick, yeah, I'd probably listen. But second round pick, that's just disrespectful to Jared Allen. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got Nicholas Claxton with the second round pick, Nick. I have no idea what the second round pick for the Kings is. If it's like, you know, 30, um, you know, from 15 to 35, I think the range of players that are available, it's all subjective, like you did mention. But we'll get to the second one. I'm pretty on the same sort of wavelength with you. And I'll Jared say this Al- about Holmes real quick. Sorry, Jack. Yeah, off. It. It's like, he's 26. Like, we know who he's going to be. He had the best season of his career with the Kings, and he had 12 points and eight rebounds. And, like, he had good moments. But at, at no point where you're like, oh, the Kings can't upgrade their center position. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, this is a guy that he's, he's not a bad player, but he's more of a backup center. Yep, fringe starter at best. Uh, a guy who was in a fringe starter, um, uh, Corey Waldron's favorite, Jared Allen and a second rounder for Andre Drummond. Okay, well, first off, the money on this doesn't even come close to working, so I don't know <laughs> how this could even be plausible in any way because Jared Allen makes under $8 million. I think he makes like five or six if I had a guess. Andre Drummond is coming in at 27. He's due for a new contract next year. <laughs> I don't know what's up with these second rounders either, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, wacky trades. Yeah, the these people need to go to the actual trade machine, tradenba.com, where to see if these things are valid, um, because uh, that doesn't work. And one, you know, Corey Waldman is obviously like, you know, tick, tick, tick. Yes, please, can we on can Andre Drummond on my run? No, in fact, he probably wouldn't want it to happen because he wants him to join the Indiana Pacers. You know, he'd probably trade Demontis Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon for Andre Drummond for all that I know. Um, hope he's listening along at home. Shout out to, to my guy, Kevin Williams. <laughs> See you on uh, Remembering the Office tomorrow, my guy. Uh, Jared, the final one, Nick, is a guy that Jared Allen has been compared to in, in some instances. Again, this doesn't make sense financially. I don't know how it gets done. Okay, I'll make it work. Allen and Torian Prince for Clint Capella. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. It's just kind of like getting a little bit better version of Jared that's paid like triple the amount. Yeah. And like... I, it just, I don't know. The only good thing about that would maybe be getting off the Prince contract, but then you're taking on Capella's, which some people might say is an overpay. Capella's had good moments, hasn't been able to really stay healthy the last few years. I think if they're the trades that you have on the table, you keep Jared Allen and you look at maybe trying to extend him at a friendly number. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, none of those trades make sense, but they're probably uh, packages that make sense with Jared Allen in it that we have discussed um, on previous episodes uh, of our trade sort of extravaganza. Final ones to finish with, Nick. Now, one we've already discussed that we don't have to, but I just wanted to highlight that D-Rock brought to us. Spencer Dimley for Harrell in a sign and trade. Our thoughts have been known on, on Montrez Harrell quite explicitly, both on this podcast and on the outlet. Check out, was he on 5-1 to one or 6-10? to 5-1, um, to one. yeah. We, we gave him the 5 spot, and then we all said that we wouldn't have him at 5, so I don't know how we got there. But Yeah, and we <laughs> and I think all of us came to like a consensus like we'd rather have Aaron Baines on our roster. So shout-out to Montrose Harrell. Um, hope you get paid in somewhere or another by Motor to Clippers or someone else. But names and, and trades we haven't discussed, uh, you know, let's give it to, to Cable Hoops. Levert and Dinner, bonus, Domas. Yeah, I don't love this trade. I'm not a big Sabonis guy. I don't think Sabonis can be your starting center on a championship team because he just doesn't play good enough defense. He's undersized. His rebounding is good. His offensive game is good. But, like, I just don't – I'm not sure if I see the fit for him. And, like, Levert and Dinwiddie for Sabonis is an overpay. 
Like <laughs> the Pacers are sending something back and being a first round pick or something. Like I would trade one of these guys for Sabonis. Like I don't think Sabonis, you would make an argument. He's better than both guys. Fine. I'll hear that argument that he's more talented, but like in terms of fit on a championship team, his skill set doesn't really match up. You know, I was a Pacers. I'd be trying to trade him to get his, get him out while his value is super high. Yeah, I mean, Miles Turner is a guy we've spoken about on, yeah. on the podcast before, and you know, we see his fit being uh, a lot more seamless. Sabonis is a better player, but also, g- given his skill set and, and, and how it fit around Kyrie, KD, and, and, and others, not necessarily the best. Even though normally, whenever I it's a, it's a player that I've seen cook the Nets in person, I'm always higher on them. You know, Brandon yeah. Ingram, Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday. You know, DeMontis, the game that we went to with Corey and DeMontis Sabonis absolutely cooked us, I'm like, man. He bullied the Nets. <laughs> big time. Big time. Maybe if you took Jared Allen in that deal for, and sort of, you know. But again, I don't think Sabonis makes a lot of sense. I, in If you don't have DeAndre Jordan on this team, yeah, Sabonis and, and Allen, that's a that's an awesome young sort of front court. And, um, you know, you're sort of covering a lot of holes going forward if Kyrie and KD were to leave or get injured or, or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just, I just uh, feel like Sabonis was a guy that would get played off the floor in a championship game or yeah. in the finals or something. Like, he just – that's just an area you can attack. Put him in the pick and roll. Put him and Kyrie in the pick and roll, you're you're going to give up points. Yeah, he's not Jokic. Yeah, he's, he's a good offensive player and a really good offensive player, but he's not – you need to be transcendent if you are a big man, either defensively or offensively. You need to be Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis – uh, and at least like Jokic, me. even like Jokic is a bad defender. Sabonis might be better, but like Jokic at least has size defensively, where he's a real seven footer. Where Sabonis is really more of a power forward. That just best fit would be center on like in terms of contending, unless you had some amazing stretch guy. But he can't defend fours either. Nope. Uh, final one, Nick. I think we've spoken about this name on the Brooklyn Buzz at least once. It feels like we've spoken I about. I feel like 400... we spoke about it during the season, actually. Yeah, it feels like we've spoken about 450 NBA players <laughs> uh, related to the Brooklyn Nets. You know, we cover all bases here at the Brooklyn Buzz. John Collins for Karis LeVert. Now, before you give me your thoughts on this trade overall, obviously you're going to be negative about it. You're losing your guy, Karis. Would you rather have Collins or Sabonis on next year's Brooklyn Nets team in a hypothetical scenario? Yeah, I think I'd rather have John Collins because there's at least potential for him to be good defensively because he's a, a great athlete. You know, he's a really good athlete, has that extra energy. Where Sabonis is just kind of limited by his physical tools, where John Collins, you could convince me in the right system with the right coach, he could be a good defender. So I think Collins would be a guy I would consider. I think the Nets aren't getting value here because it's known that Collins – and the, and the Hawks aren't really seeing eye-to-eye in terms of his next contract, and that's something the Nets would have to pay, where they already have Levert on a valuable deal. And like we've talked about, I don't really think you trade Karis Levert unless you think the player that you're getting is making you the best team in the NBA or the best team in the East. Like if you're getting Bradley Beal and you think that's going to make you the best team in the league, trade Karis Levert. Here's the argument for Drew Holiday as well. We mentioned the contract thing not being great, but if you're trading Levert, you better be getting somebody who's better than him, definitely better than him, and it's going to push you to that next level, where I don't know if John Collins really does that. Like, he He's a good offensive player. He can rebound well, but defensively, he's yet to prove he's that guy. And like another I said, play- contract is due. Another player I've seen in person. Yeah. The Brooklyn Nets. Um, I, don't, I think I went to that game by myself, actually. No, I was with but, you. I was there. Oh, no. Um, no, I went to the Rockets game by myself. That's yeah. right, because that one was a much more pricey game. But yeah, John Collins. Um, he was dominating t- the boards with the game we went to. Super talented, super athlete. 
you know, there is defensive potential there, but there's also defensive potential in another former Hawk in uh, Torian Prince. So <laughs> didn't go so well this season for, for that uh, former Atlanta Hawk. I, I, quite, I, I like it to an extent, but again, for me, I'm all about the bigs are, unless, again, there's a, an element of transcendence to your game on one side of the floor. Give me uh, a better, a, a, like a Kelly Oubre. Or, or a you know, two-way guy. Yeah, so someone who has value on both ends of the floor, not has potential on both ends of the floor, and has proven it. But yeah, John Collins again. Contra- you can, in these trades, you have to take. We in, in a lot of hypotheticals, we've taken out the hypothetical of the contract, but you have to take for a guy like him. You know, you have to repay him, and it's another sort of scenario for him. It's just like, all right, how much are you going to give this guy? How much are you going to give Rudy Gobert? But I guess out of these final names, Nick, you know, they aren't. You know, totally enthusing in, in the, the greatest <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I loved any of these trades today. <laughs> Just give me a top two that you think would benefit the Nets, um, whether it's players, whether it's trade packages, uh, taking it all into account, however you want to go about it. Give me top two players, top two trade packages, whatever it is. Man, I don't even know if I got two out of this, Jack. I don't even know. I don't really like any of these trades just because of like contract reasons or whatever it is. I'd have to say the Kelly Oubre one and the Spencer Dinwiddie one seems like the most realistic out of all the trades we discussed because, like I said, a lot of them seem like more like deadline deals where things yeah. aren't going well for the Nets and they need to make a splash. So I, I failed you, Jack. I can only come up with one that I like. I, I honestly can't say that I like any of the other ones. I guess I'd probably give Rudy Gobert the nod at the second, but there's so many other variables with that that makes it a little bit more scary. What about you? Uh, for me, it's Rudy Gobert. Um, I, I hear what you're sort of saying in terms of all the sort of issues that he... And I, I've made it known, you know. you know, He didn't create coronavirus in the NBA, but he's the face of it in a lot of ways. And uh, I guess it's somewhat unfair to him, but it's also somewhat very fair given to some of the actions that he did have back in March. But looking at him as the players that we discussed in this episode, you, know, you can make an argument for CJ McCollum, but Rudy Gobert is, fits my... The best uh, player we talked about today. Yeah, and if it's my criteria of transcendent sort of talent on one side of the floor, he's a transcendent defensive player. You know, he feels the need. Yeah, he, he's not Draymond Green. He's not like you know the ideal fit in small ball. You know, he, but he is the best defensive center in the NBA right now. Okay, maybe Anthony Davis. He's the second best defensive center in the NBA right now, and he, he's the best rim protector in the NBA for sure. He is so damn good, and he's always and. For the next three years, I would be surprised if he's not in um, all NBA defensive contention uh, and, and and defensive player of the year contention for that matter. Uh, the if he wasn't if he had a deal for the next two years at fifty million dollars, then I'm like, cool, make this deal. It makes so much sense. But you know, even Joe Sai, who has billions on billions on billions of dollars, which again we alluded to on a previous news podcast on the Brooklyn Buzz. Yeah, there still has to be a line to like, okay, can't pay for everything. You know, look at what Golden State are going to be going through with their luxury tax. And Joe Lacob, um, while he has a lot of money as well, all of I don't feel sorry for billionaires in any sense of the imagination because they get to own. These are decisions that I would kill to have. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, these guys are smart financial businessmen. That's how they got to make their fortunes in a lot of ways if they didn't inherit it. They've made it because they've been smart and frugal in, in a lot of ways. It's not necessarily frugal to give a max and have three max guys in a contract as well as Joe Harris, Spencer Dewey, Carousel, blah, 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 blah. 
Exactly. And it depends on the deal, the trade package you're sending out too. And then also when you do get over the luxury tax, it limits your flexibility in terms of what you can do in terms of adding to the roster. So that's always something else to consider as well. So, I mean, I'm sure we're going to be talking trades again after we do our draft stuff, which will probably be on the next couple episodes. But Jack, anything else before we get out of here? Nothing, mate. Um, If there's players that we've somehow in this trade series that we've done, I would be bewildered and befuddled. But yeah, hit us up. We can all we can always incorporate them into some sort of episode. We're always willing to take on any topics um, at the Jamie and JBT at OTG Nick. You know, hit us up in the DMs. We love the trade packages. It's probably one of my favorite things to discuss, even if they're terrible. But we'll still discuss them. As always, Jack, a pleasure. Big thanks to everybody for listening. If you have loved ones that rely on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. With Policy Genius, you could save 50% or more by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. First, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, Policy Genius will compare prices starting at as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to fast track your coverage with a no exam policy. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. If you have any questions, their team of licensed independent experts is on hand to help. In fact, Policy Genius's award-winning service has a five-star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Make today the day you cross life insurance off your list and get protection for your loved ones. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes. To get covered, head to policygenius.com today. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.